It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Oh, I'm excited. We've got a few hours uh, here before the college football season kicks off at Pirate Nation. Thanks for being with us here today on a uh, Thursday. I'm Patrick Johnson. We've got uh, the one and only uh, Ben Byron producing. Also, Philip the Ref Pilkington uh, slaving away as well. Intern Dom in the hizzle. We've got a lot going on today. Doug Martin, the uh, Pirate offensive uh, coordinator under Steve Logan, coached at uh, Kent State, New Mexico State. Uh, Back with him to preview some football. We'll talk to him coming up in a little bit. And then a little later in the show, Greg Pierce from ECU Athletics. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, all of the game day things going on. Before we get into our pirate report here, which we're going to do right off the jump because we've got so much to jam in here today, let me run through a couple of things for you that we've got uh, going on uh, as far as today and tomorrow goes. Rose football tonight, that will be on uh, 94-3, the game, of course, right here, 7 o'clock against Northeastern. Philip the Ref Pilkington will be bridging you between uh, our show and high school football coverage, so stand by for that coming up. A little after six, depends on how long the show runs today. Uh, I know Pilk loves that. He he likes to time everything to the nanosecond. And uh, it seems like on Fridays, and and in this case, Thursday, we may run over a little. Sorry, Pilk, but we'll get through it. Uh, And then tomorrow, 5 o'clock, Patrick Johnson show. Joe Giglio will be with us. We'll have uh, Daniel Garcia from AEW fame. Uh, Big angle for him last night on uh, on the AEW Dynamite on TBS. So a little pro wrestling talk, and we'll have uh, more pirate sound for you, and uh, also the parking situation with uh, Captain Chris Sutton. So that is coming up uh, tomorrow, and then uh, at six o'clock tomorrow, it is the uh, preseason pigskin preview presented by McGlohorn and Russell Attorneys at Law. Henry Hinton, Matt Dodge, and Tony Collins will be bringing that uh, to you, and then of course we've got Pirate Game Day countdown coming your way at uh, nine a.m. Outside of Town Bank Tower, it's uh, fueled by Bush Light on Saturday morning. Terrence Copper and uh, yours truly in our cast of thousands for our game day coverage of uh, ECU and NC State. All right, uh, quick shout out to our guy, Coach O, Gary Overton, wrapping up a distinguished 45-year career with ECU Athletics yesterday. He got the saber from John Gilbert. So uh, we'll get Coach O in sometime here in the next uh, couple of weeks and talk to him. He will be back for Pirate Baseball this year. All-time wins leader for Pirate Baseball, the great Gary Overton, a great friend and a great man. So congratulations uh, to him and his family. All right, let's get into some of the uh, comments with uh, Coach Houston and the uh, coordinators. Here it is, our uh, Pirate Report for a Thursday. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, Mike Houston talking about this week's practice. All right, good week of practice. Had a really sharp Wednesday practice, uh, really high energy, uh, practiced really, really hard. I uh, thought uh, one of the better Wednesday practices that uh, we've had. So, um, and I'm talking about, you know, compared to past seasons and stuff. So it's, it was really, really, really sharp. So kids are excited. 
Uh, you know, between now and Saturday, just got to kind of sharpen everything up, make sure we're assignment sound, continue to iron out a few wrinkles, make sure we're really, really dialed in on special teams, uh, get our bodies ready to go, and uh, get ready for kickoff at 12 o'clock on Saturday. More from uh, Mike Houston uh, here on uh, today's uh, Pirate Report. Uh, he was asked about, uh, <laughs> has he shown the players the history of the teams? Good gracious. I think if they've been awake, our fan base has taken care of showing plenty of the, the history. So, I mean, they understand. They understand the rivalry, and several of these guys have played in a couple of games against NC State, and you know they've they've shared some things with the the team. So, um, you know they, they're they're aware. I mean, what there's 80, 80 miles between the two campuses. Uh, it, you could tell it's, you could tell it's late in the week before game week. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, part of this, of course, is the outside noise. And uh, Mike Houston discussed filtering that out. It's hard. I wish I could cut all their cell phones off. You know, don't let them talk to anybody, but uh, you can't do that. And I, so I talked to them. I mean, that's what those two things are there for. I mean, rat poison. So uh, we talk about that a lot because you got to filter out anything that comes from anybody outside this room. Um, no offense, but it's a lot from you guys. So uh, they just got to you know, be conscientious of, you know, what they let get into their heads. Mike Houston on preparing for Dev, Devin Leary, the uh, ACC preseason player of the year in practice. Well, Stubby does his best now. Stubby's got a pretty good arm, and he runs around pretty good. So, I mean, you're not going to get the same look, I mean, with anything. You know, that's, that's hard to replicate, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. You know, we do, we do good on good. Uh, you know, we had a good on good, two, two good on good sessions yesterday, two today. So you have, uh, you know, Holton in the first offense going against them and vice versa. They get our defense against them and we'll, you know, we'll kind of trade off, you know, looks. You know, we'll run some NC State looks on defense and we'll, you know, run some plays that are similar uh, on offense. And so that way you kind of help prepare each other. But that speed right there is, you know, probably the best we can do. All right, uh, to offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick here, who talks about how he has gotten the pirate offensive line ready for the state defensive line. We go against our defensive front every day, and that's about as good as you can do. Now, the, their D-line is good. I will say that. I have a huge amount of respect for their entire defense and their entire team. Coach Doran and his staff are terrific. They've done a great job. They've recruited very well. You add Coach McNeil to that, I'm sure they're going to be pumped up and they're going to be coming. He's a D-line specialist, you know, at that as well. So uh, it is a challenge. Our guys know that, though. But we have been able to rehearse that, I think, going against our defense. You know, last year, NC State uh, lost uh, a couple of their uh, key linebackers, Peyton Wilson and Isaiah Moore, to injury. Those guys are back from injuries. Uh, plus, you know, they're going to have the uh, abilities uh, in this uh, game of uh, the kid Thomas. So, I mean, the linebacking core for NC State's pretty special. Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, talking about that group of linebackers that the Wolfpack possesses. The, yeah, the, the problem is that the three of them are that good, and now that they've been hurt, the other guys that were their backups have gotten to practice and prepare like their starters 
And so that's just made them even deeper. And early in the season, especially when it's hot and it's humid and they give you a 12 o'clock kickoff, which I know all these CU fans were in favor of wanting that 12 o'clock kickoff, uh, the, the conditioning part kicks in, and that's where the depth really kicks in as well too. So uh, the, the defense in itself, though, is just so multiple. They can do so many things with, with, with their defense. And so we got, like I say, we got a challenge ahead of us. We know that. All right, uh, let's shift to the Pirate defense, which I think is going to be a real key for ECU early in this game uh, and especially in this game. Blake Harrell, the defensive coordinator, back for a third season. He talked about anything that he'll talk to his group about specifically prior to kickoff. You know, I, th- I think it really comes down to your fundamentals and uh, doing what we do. You know, that's that's what you want to kind of lead the guys with. And you get enough reps at Everything you, you plan on doing in a ball game, everything they could do during a ball game, that, that just takes over, and, and that's their fundamentals they, they fall back on. You know, you, there's the old saying, you, you rise, you don't rise to the, the uh, event, you, you go fall back on your training, and that's what we try to go with. Blake Carroll says there's no place he'd rather be than right here in Greenville, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Uh, you know, our, our players early on, I think going back to next spring, or last spring, told me, you know, kind of the history of what they've had and what they've experienced. You know, Miles Berry was one of my rooms that they still remember 18. Um, and and they talked about that and those things and, and, and what they went through and how they want things to be different and, and their challenges and their goals. And and then, you know, growing up in the state of North Carolina, you, you obviously know about all the in-state, you know, colleges, football teams, rivalries in, in-state. You know, you, you learn a few – uh, additional things w- once you're in it, and uh, it's just pretty pretty neat to be a part of. And, you know, what an awesome game we get to be a part of. What an awesome university we get to be a part of and, and a great rivalry we get to be a part of. You know, I told our guys this early in the week. I said, I don't want to be anywhere else in the nation, any other ball game with any other team than I do right here in Dowdy Ficklin on Saturday at noon kickoff. And I and sincerely mean that because um, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere, and I'm really excited about watching our guys Go play. All right. That is today's pirate report. Let us go to commercial message here. And when we uh, come back, uh, we're going to link up with Doug Martin telephonically. ECU. Offensive coordinator under Steve Logan. A couple times a college head football coach. Now living life at the Crystal Coast. Doug Martin breaking down the pirates and the pack when we come back. We have twisted the arm of a man who's trying to live a life as a uh, non-football civilian. Coach Doug Martin, one-time ECU offensive coordinator, head coach at Kent State, New Mexico State. We have dragged him off the coast to the phone to talk some ball here on a Thursday. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great, Patrick. Good to talk to you. And uh, I've been fishing so much, my wife's getting ready to put me in the transfer portal if I don't do some work. (laughs) So this is a good reprieve for me. Well, hey, I mean, look, great weather. Why not, right? The fish are biting, that kind of thing. Uh, no doubt. Hey, you're getting to do something tonight. Now, your son, I don't think we mentioned this last time we talked to you, is uh, on staff at Wake Forest. And I want to ask you a little bit about, you know, the Demon Deacons, but uh, you're getting to do something you've never done in your entire life tonight. I- I'm actually excited for you. You know, isn't it amazing? I know coaching all those years at East Carolina, I used to look out our office window and watch all those people tailgate, and they got the barbecue going. I mean, it just looked like so much fun. 
36 years I've never done that. So, <laughs> it's the first time ever I get to go tailgate at a college football game, so I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's pretty cool, and uh, we'll get a report back on you in the coming weeks about uh, maybe next week how, how all that went. Uh, the first tailgate tonight for Coach Doug Martin. Sounds good. All right. So you got some homework. Um, let me ask you a little. Well, you've got a, st- a son on staff, full disclosure, at Wake Forest. Uh, and obviously, I think the Demon Deacons, a lot of people are talking about state. We'll, we'll get into the Wolfpack here in a minute. But, uh, you know, you can't sleep on this Wake Forest program. You know, they have really improved. They've done a lot. And, and I tell you, they've really improved on defense. I went and watched them practice a little bit this summer, and, and they have got some real guys on defense that can run. Their defensive team speed's really improved. Now, I'll tell you, they don't have the depth still on defense that like maybe a Clemson has or, or North Carolina or something like that, NC State. But their first 11 out there, man, they're as good as anybody. And then offensively, they do a phenomenal job. I know their quarterback is, is out right now, but I think they're going to get him back hopefully in a couple of games. And, uh, yeah, they've done – Dave Clawson's a really good coach. Yeah. Uh, staff, yeah, they've done a nice job. VMI tonight, uh, you got to like their shot against Vandy, even though it's on the road next week. They'll get Liberty after that, and then uh, looking to be three and zero going into Clemson. Of course, I mean, look, you, what Vandy did last week against Hawaii. Granted, a bad Hawaii team. They put a lot of points on the board, and I mean, Liberty obviously has has been really solid, and and probably is kind of licking their chops over a game like this. So uh, after tonight, it, it's not easy going into that Clemson game, but uh, they do have Clemson at, at home, so who knows. Yeah, so I think the big deal for Wake is, you know, when do they get the quarterback back? You know, they, yeah. it'd be great yeah. to get him maybe, you know, Clemson's the fourth game. If they could get him back to play a little bit in that third game just to knock the rust off, that would really help. Him coming back for Clemson I think would be a lot more difficult, but uh, that's going to be the big key for them is, is the quarterback. Well, the good news is Doug Martin, who's joining us here on the phone, uh, is going to be able to watch a lot of football here uh, this uh, this weekend and uh, starting tonight, and then get to kind of watch it from a different perspective. So I know that's going to be cool, and, and we're going to pick your brain uh, all season. Henry's going to buy you – he'll take you out on the boat. How does that sound? Henry said he'll take you out on the boat. That's your that's your uh, Kingsley ransom for this. Uh, for this, you, you, He'll take you out, and you guys can fish. Um, but, but we really appreciate it. So I want to get your thoughts on NC State uh, playing in Greenville, ECU to open the season. You've kind of looked at well, – let's talk about this offensive number you, you were giving me before we went on. I think this is pretty fascinating, and I think it just it, – it, it, it's really telling how premium it is to have a, a, an efficient and productive offense. Yeah, you know, something for fans to, to watch your, your particular team. You know, we, we used when I was back when I was coaching East Carolina with Coach Logan, we had 30-point – we had a 30-point rule. You know, offensively, we knew we needed to score 30 points to put us in the best position to win games. And that sounds like a lot, but when you watch college football nowadays, the rules are all set up for the offense to score, and that rule has really held. You know, for instance, last year, East Carolina won seven games. Six of those games, they scored 30 points, and the other one, they scored 29. Last week, week zero, there were 11 games played. Ten of those 11 winners scored 30 points. Wow. You know, so that that number, it, it's really crucial. It's really right up there. You can check just about every team, and however many times they score 30 points in a season, that's usually the number of games they're going to win w- within one or two. So it's how you get to those 
to that 30 points. You know, how do you score that many points against whoever you're playing? But that number, you've got to hit that number. If you don't, you've got probably an 85% chance you're not winning that game. Gotcha. Uh, Doug Martin on the line with us here. So when you look at NC State and East Carolina and Greenville on Saturday, what is your what's your thought on – because I, I think both teams defensively, NC State's got a, a dynamite defense. Uh, I, I also think, you know, ECU defensively returns a lot. They've had the coordinator in for three straight seasons and Blake Harrell, so that certainly I think is – for a program like ECU, makes a huge difference that continuity. Um, it, uh, is, is thirty going to be achievable uh, this this week? By I mean, I know State's got well, both teams have have really high level quarterbacks coming in. I mean, is, is is thirty a possibility with the type of defense that could be played on Saturday? Yeah, I think it's it's how you get those points. You know, when you play teams that have a really good defense, like NC State's an extraordinary defense, but there are ways to get there. You know, one of the keys for East Carolina, I think, are explosion plays. And, you know, by that, I mean a run of 10 yards or more and a pass of 15 yards or more. East Carolina needs about eight of those explosion plays during this game because you're not going to be able to drive the ball consistently 80 yards on NC State all night. That's just not going to happen. But if you can get these chunk plays, you can get yardage in chunks and get you down the field quicker and shorter drives, that, that's the way to score. And then, you know, I think they've got to get some short fields. You know, they need a turnover to give them a short field or special teams to set their offense up uh, with a short field. And, and that's another way to help you get those points. You know, when I was here, we played Miami of Florida, and that's how we scored. Their defense is really good, but we got those two things going, and it helped us get in the end zone. You know, one of the other things I think is, is third down is going to be crucial for East Carolina. And, and last year, they weren't a great third down offense. You know, they were 34% on third down. You'd like to be a little bit better at that. But they've got to stay out of third and longs against NC State. So, you know, what they do on first down and, and the yardage they're making on first down is going to dictate what third down ends up being. So all that's going to work together. But they've got to stay out of third and long situations. And the area I think that's going to be different and it's going to be really important for both teams is the red zone. You know, East Carolina was only 48% scoring touchdowns in the red zone last year. When they get down there, they've got to get touchdowns. It can't just be field goals, and, and that's going to be crucial. And then on the flip side, East Carolina's defense, you know, NC State's got a great quarterback. They're going to move the ball a little bit, but if they get down the red zone, you can hold them to field goals. Now you've really got a chance to, you know, to win the football game and do some things. And one place where, where NC State's defense was not very effective last year was in the red zone. You know, yeah. They gave up 61% touchdowns. And so that, that bodes well for East Carolina. If they can get down there and they can get touchdowns, you know, they can be in this game. It helps if you're East Carolina, I think, in this game to have two running backs who are tough and can, in particular, in, in uh, Rajay Harris, run it between the tackles. But both guys are apt to, to break one at any time. So I, I think that's an element that give ECU a little bit of advantage in the running game. State certainly got some great talent. They got the kid Michael Allen from Rose, who is going to get some reps, it appears, on, on Saturday for the pack. But the running back situation in Raleigh is a little bit in, in question here, Coach. So, uh, you know, I think the running game, you, you give the Pirates an advantage. You have a great offensive line at NC State, although the Pirate offensive line, we've talked about that. Coach Shank has, has built that up. Um so I, I guess when you talk about chunk plays, yes, ECU could get that with the running game, but the more conventional way of, of doing that is is with the quarterback. I, I'm kind of of the thought, though, 
not going to say Holt Naylor needs to be a game manager, but I, I just think he can't come into this game thinking he's got to make huge plays for the Pirates to win. In other words, I think he has to kind of be aggressive but let this thing come to him in, in the sense and, and be wise with what he does offensively for ECU. What say you on that? Yeah, I mean, he's he's got to be – you know, you're never going to win unless you have a quarterback that can make plays at crucial times, and and he's proven he can do that. One of the things you and I talked about before were, you know, his touchdown passes. He threw 18 touchdown passes last year, and that number needs to get up to the mid-20s for East Carolina to jump to a 9-10 win season. You know, this is one of those type of games, you know, where he's he's got to throw some touchdown passes in this game. And that gets back to where we were talking about down there in the red zone. It's not that you've got to play overly aggressive or things like that, but I think when you get in the red zone against a team like NC State, you've got to attack the end zone. At least one out of three plays. You can't just, you know, think you're going to run the ball three plays and get in there. So for for Holden, I think it's it's going to be game management, but it's going to be understanding when you get opportunities, uh, you've got to make them count. We got uh, Doug Martin with us here. There'll be a big crowd in Greenville, a rowdy crowd in Greenville, uh, and you know this is this is one of those kind of rivalry situations. How much is the home field an advantage here from a coaching perspective? I mean, it, it truly, if, if you're the visiting coach or if you're Mike Houston, I mean, how much is the home field really an advantage when you have a ranked team coming in and there's the rivalry situation, it's the opener, so you know it'll be a big crowd, 50,000 and, and lots of emotion? Yeah, I mean, I always thought that was huge when we were playing at home at ECU, particularly if you're going to play an afternoon game like this one's going to be. It's going to be humid. It's going to be hot. And fans are going to be hanging off the rafters up there. I mean, it's, it's going to be everything college football is supposed to be about. And I, I just always felt like we had an advantage when I was coaching there in those type of games. And I, I think they have one here. And I don't think NC State's done very well in Greenville the last few times yeah. either. So. Yeah. This is going to be a huge advantage for East Carolina, and they, and they need it. Coach Doug Martin with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, UNC and App, it's the third time they've played. The Tar Heels head to uh, Boone for the first time ever. Now, UNC had some questions on defense, but they've got a really good quarterback. They've got a great running back. Uh, and their front four, their down lineman guys, I, I think, are really, really talented. And then I mean, you've got App State, who, again, I, I think a lot of emotion for the for the Mountaineers kind of plays into this. No question, and, and you know, App State's kind of like an East Carolina type thing too. I've played up there many times when we were in the Sun Belt at New Mexico State, and it's a tough place to play. And you know, UNC better not sleep on this game either. You know, App State does a great job of controlling the game offensively. They they really throw the ball effectively off the play action stuff. And the UNC didn't look great on defense to me against, you know, Florida, uh, FAMU they played, right? And so, uh, you know, gave up a lot of points to them. So I think they got some vulnerabilities there. And, you know, you just don't want to be in the fourth quarter with that being a close game because App State's really good to close games out. You know, and I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curve here, but I think this is kind of worth mentioning. I'd, I'd like to just get your take on this. So, you know, where Mike Houston used to coach, James Madison, won a national title there, as you know. Um, they're going to have their debut Saturday at the FBS level against Middle Tennessee. And I know they've been kind of, you know, planning for this for a while. They've wanted this for a while. I know the, the, the program has run itself as a high-level FBS kind of program when they were even at the FCS level having covered 
some of their games when Coach Houston was there and, and in his aftermath. So I mean, they're they're really, I mean, they, it's a it's a really good football and representative football program. But you you probably know about this when you're making that jump from that FCS level to the FBS level, it's pretty tough. It is, you know, it's the scholarship numbers because you still have to build those numbers up as you transition. Uh, you you can't do it all in one year, so your depth is a little bit different still as opposed to an FBS program. Um, but it's going to be more when they face the power conference teams that they're going to play now. That's really going to show when they're playing a team like Middle or you know Marshall, somebody like that. They're going to be able to hang in there a little bit longer. Uh, a lot of their season will depend on injuries and how well they handle the uh, the depth issues that they're going to have as they transition up. But, you know, they're going to make a quick transition. You know, yeah. Georgia Southern, quick transition. Appalachian State made a quick transition when they did it because those teams just had great tradition. You know, they had backing for football, which James Madison has all that also. So it, it's going to be a quick transition, but it, it'll take at least a year, maybe two. Do you think um, – is that kind of what it's going to come down to just in, in all levels when you look at – P5 and G5 is, I mean, everybody's got guys that can play. As you kind of were talking about with Wake Forest, that first 11 or first 22, the majority of the time, everybody's got some guys that can play. It just comes down to what happens when you start substituting, right? Yeah, it does. That you know, Injuries always impact every team, you know, key injury, key position. So it's how good your other players are. Um, you know, there's a lot of things like that that come into play in college football nowadays. And, you know, now it's, you know, well, you know, I talked before too, it's with this transfer portal and these things, teams are changing from year to year so rapidly and you've got to recruit your own players yeah. to keep them. Yeah. You have a great player. If you're a group of five team and you've got a great player on your team, you better recruit like crazy to keep him because all the other teams are coming after him with the NIL money and things like that now. And it's really – changing the way you do roster management as a head coach. All right, you're a prognosticator now. You're an analyst. You're a fan, right? We've established I, I that. Fan more than anything. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, you, I, I, I want to get some picks. Can we do some picks? Sure. Go ahead. All right. Uh, we, we talked about it. Uh, well, you, the game you're going to, obviously you think Wake's going to be in pretty good shape tonight with VMI, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Wake will be fine in this game and, uh, you know, hopefully, like I say, get the quarterback back and be good the rest of the year. All right, so that was an easy one. Here that is, was easy. <laughs> here is, if they were all that easy, right? Here is, uh, all right, well, we just talked about it. Uh, in Boone, uh, Tar Heels obviously got the win against FAMU, but uh, looked a little shaky on defense yet again. And you've got App who's fired up. And what a way for them to open the season. I, I hate that the games are going on kind of simultaneously because uh, I'd, I'd love to be able to watch both of them. But, yeah, give me give me your uh, – who, who do you like in that one and why? Yeah, I think North Carolina will win that game just from a, a depth standpoint and overall talent. But it's going to be a lot closer than probably most people, North Carolina fans especially, would, would like. It'll be a close game getting into the fourth quarter. All right. Greenville, high noon. Greenville, America, high noon. Uh, well, the, the pack, well, the pirates. All right, now I, you could go with your heart here. Now that you're a fan, just I want to let you know that. <laughs> well, I'm gonna promise you, I, I was I was East Carolina for ten years, and it was ten of the best years I've had in all my 36 years of coaching. So I've got too much too much pirate blood in me to go against them. <laughs> and 
I'm all for the Pirates. I, yeah, I hope they win that football game, and uh, that's who I'm going with. All right, you kind of alluded to it, but as we wrap this segment up here, and thank you for doing this, what would you say, what does ECU have to do to get the victory? Again, you kind of alluded to it as we talked about it. If you were like doing a keys to the game or crystallizing it, they got to do this, this, and this to get it. What would that be? Yeah, again, I, I go back to those explosion plays. They've got to get some big plays in this game. And then in the red zone, both offensively and defensively, that's really where the game is going to be decided for them. Uh, and, you know, I think one thing is East Carolina was really good on defense to get pressure on the quarterback last year. They had 35 sacks. And they can't let NC State's quarterback, you know, Leary can't just sit back there, you know, unharassed. They've got to get to him and, and put some pressure on him. Uh, that'll be another key to this game. But yeah, I think all those things are doable. I mean, it's going to be a tough task. NC State's a good football team. But uh, it's at home. You know, I, I like that about East Carolina. And then uh, I think they've got the ability uh, to win this game if things go their way. Coach, thanks a lot. Good to talk to you. We'll catch you next week. All right, Patrick. I appreciate it. Thanks. We're breaking it when we come back. Greg Pierce in studio on the Thursday Patrick Johnson radio show. Online or on the go. Love it. Log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. We're less than 48 hours away. I don't know the exact hours because math was never a strong suit. I just know we're less than 48 hours away. ECU and NC State. 45. Is it? You sh- okay. Not that I've got the perfect count. Oh, okay. You're counting it Count's down. Count on my phone. Yeah, I got you. Uh, that is the uh, docile tone of one Greg Pierce. I just know Greg is Mr. Everything with ECU Athletics. I know, that's a big deal. But what's the official title? I love the titles they give you guys. The, the official way. title is Associate Athletic Director for External Relations. You're an associate. That's what they say. That's what they say. Greg in the studio with us. Good to see you, man. Good seeing you. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I usually see you on the other side, but uh, yeah, when yeah. you're doing some ESPN Plus games for us. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have got good a few, to see you here. Got a few in October. And hopefully some more beyond that. Yes, we have plenty in October, November, December, January, February. I like the sound of that, Ben. Ben likes the sound of that too. Good. All, we, those, all yes, those months. Yes. Well, long as I'm there for for <laughs> a few of them, I'll be a, I'll be a happy guy. Uh, but thank you for uh, that opportunity, and thank you for coming in here. It's great no to problem. talk to you. Thank you for having us. So the big thing, and I'm getting text messages. I'm getting blown up on the on the text. Yep. Uh, about. The new scoreboard video, the new scoreboard, the new, I guess what we call ribbon mm-hmm. score, uh, ribbon board around the stadium, which, you know, kind of is a cool feature. I just always thought it was just part of the video board still. An extension, uh, if you will. We treat it as part of the yeah, video board, yes. Yeah. So all that's new. Yes, every bit of it. If uh, if you remember back in 2010, we put the original scoreboard in over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company that did that was... Uh, a Chinese company. Clearly, the way they make money is to sell you something and never make it ever. <laughs> and you know, and I don't blame them. Right. That's why that's why you don't find. You know, I was going to say Ford Broncos, but now Ford is actually making the Bronco again. Well, they might the come back and pieces. make it again. Yeah, exactly. So they're not going to make that video board again. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Uh, to try to make it as simple as possible, we were to the point where 
the only thing we could replace was the power supplies that were on that board. You, the LED pieces, the scan cards were completely uh, gone at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. So we reached a point where we had to get something else. Uh, we tried to get uh, one company to do it, but Dactronics, uh, Dactronics did not have any pieces, parts for us because of COVID. And when it shut down, they weren't making any and right. they basically sold out. Yeah. So Samsung was nice enough to step up to the plate for us. And Samsung has been there for a month and two days, three days, uh, working as hard as you can imagine people to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything as of right now, video board-wise, is working. So what we did was we gutted the old video board, put brand new elements in it that will be, in my opinion, a whole lot clearer. Uh, down down on the field level, we had four ribbons and a ribbon board on the Murphy Center and a scoreboard, okay. like a static scoreboard. Yeah, yeah. So now on the Murphy Center, it's one big video board, and we are actually populating those pieces on that video board and treating it like a scoreboard on one side, but still a ribbon board or still an advertising panel on the other. Oh. So we have those, and then we had added – if you look at the video board in the past, there were four uh, static spots on two on the left and two on the right. Mm-hmm. Those are now video board elements. Okay. And we've also added a what I would call a fascia ribbon on the north and south side. And they're all plugged up and working. Uh, they're about 98% right now. Oh, they'll be 99.999. Let's by, hope we get there. Right. Uh, we, yeah. are, we are waiting on a couple <laughs> power supplies, but I don't think there's going to be any problem with getting those all right. up today or tomorrow. I feel, Ben, like this is a little bit of a therapy session for Greg with all of this right now. I will me. say this, that one of the, the ribbon board on the north side is 408 and a half feet. So there's a lot of ad space up there. Uh, the great Greg Pierce, Associate Athletics Director of External operations for ECU athletics. Did I get it right? Close. I mean, I really, I, don't, I, I forget the last yeah. one a lot. Yeah. You just, you, we just know a Mr. Do-it-all for ECU athletics uh, <laughs> over there. So, um, point is, if you're going to the game Saturday, yes, you're going to have uh, an enhanced visual experience uh, vis-a-vis the uh, new video board. Yes. And you also hope you will have a an enhanced audio experience also. Well, I was going to ask you about that. We have, in the past, had a great PA system, but now we have what I would refer to as an audio system now. Ah. And the, the best part about it is you always hear the audio, but on this one you'll be able to feel it also. Oh, is that right? Yes. Right uh, down to your bones. There's a company called Danley who is out of Asheville who has done uh, the audio systems in the past two years at LSU, Georgia, Oh, cool. uh, Tennessee and Alabama, mm-hmm. and they are actually coming here this afternoon to at uh, probably around four-ish to turn everything up. So if you're driving around Greenville today and you want to roll down your window, you might hear it. You might hear some things, yep. especially if you're over in the area of the stadium. If you're in the area of that stadium, you will hear it yeah. today and tomorrow. So explain that when you said a PA system versus a sound system, because obviously a lot of what goes on is it someone talking into a microphone we love Correct. captain morgan but i mean it, it's more of the hype music and the video audio quality being pristine and, and all of that well the pa system is great if that's what you're going for audio wise right uh when something in a pa system dies it could be as small as an amp or small as a, a speaker you won't hear it until five or six of them die 
Mm-hmm. Uh, with a sound system, you'll be able to tell it and you'll be able to replace it, but it's just going to sound better. Yeah, I got you. So this will be a cool experience for everybody uh, going to the season opener, and yes. they'll really get to experience it uh, the next month with the mm-hmm. game. What do you mm-hmm. make it? I mean, obviously, seven games this year. I, th- I think the uh, we, we should aspire to play seven games, if I may, from a fan standpoint. <laughs> we should aspire to play seven games. Because obviously, that means more money Correct. for the coffers for athletics. It means more money for everybody in Greenville, the mm-hmm. businesses. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's, that's just my two cents worth. That's Patrick the fan speaking. Right. Um, and I, but I also would think it's not a bad idea for us to maybe go on the road occasionally and take somebody's money to go play. Exactly. You know, I think exactly. that's a good thing to do. Again, this is just Patrick the fan speaking. I think we're coming to a point now <laughs> where we're actually realizing that more and more. Yeah. And with whatever happens with everything else, it's probably going to go to that anyway. Right. Well, yeah, they've got they're going to have plenty of money to yep. give people to come play. So yep. we might as well we might as well happily take mm-hmm. their money and mm-hmm. go kick their tail and. Right. Come back to Greenville is how I would look at it, um, but I, but I do like the idea of the seven home dates. So just if you want to put that under advisement, uh, uh, I certainly will. <laughs> tell Mister Gilbert, will. I'm happy to to give him all uh, kinds of ideas. He would love to have seven games every year, also yeah. because of the revenue that is generated yeah. for. But four in a row, yeah, off the jump is. Uh, I remember we had that a few years ago. We had something like four games in a row at, at one point, or there was a bunch of games in a row. At some point, I don't know if it was yeah. to start the season. This was back in the Terry Holland days. I don't remember a four in a row, but uh, I do remember having like four and five weeks. Yeah, something we had like that. Week in there. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but point is, there were four yep. dates. Yeah, so you you guys will be able to have all the time in the world a week to get everything, uh, all the kinks worked out. Should should there be any kinks? Sure. Right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I hope. Let's hope there's not any kinks. But right. What kinks that are there will. Uh, I mean, you know, we have. There's always going to be a kink. Yeah, well, there is. There's Hopefully, just, we're in, we're in show notices. business here. Yeah. yeah, and and there's just things. It might be something you notice. It might mm-hmm. be something fans know. But you got and, and and my point being is, it's not like you're going to say, "Oh, the hell with it. We'll worry about it." Like, no, you guys are going to work to create the greatest game day experience sure. ever. And and I know you all take it to heart. Um, but that's got to be. I mean, talk about showing off this new system. I mean, you got. You do have four straight weeks in a row to do that. Yes, and it's a pretty good uh, area of – I know the Danley folks really want our audio system to sound good that first day because, from my understanding, they're also trying to sell one to the fine folks at uh, NC State. Ah, so if it, if this really and I think it's cool that we've got a North Carolina business. Uh, yes, I do too. That is really I do cool. Too. Very nice people. Greg Pierce is with us here in the studio uh, today. What are some other things that go on? This might not be in your exact uh, under your well, it probably is because you're like you're, yeah. you're, you're the poobah over there. So what are the other game day <laughs> well uh, the, things going on? That the fans big one is the stripe out. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Every section has got a designated purple or gold. Uh, section you find that on any of our social media requests, or if you have a pen and paper, I can read it to you. But I'd rather not. Okay. Uh, we also <laughs> <laughs> just go gonna, to ecupirates.com yes. or, or ecu athletics on yes. Twitter. There we will have the pirate walk that's going to start at nine thirty, yeah. where the pirates, the, our football team, gets off the the buses. They walk down the promenade, as they call it, toward the. Uh, football stadium, hang a right and go through the right there in front of where we mm-hmm. broadcast the pregame. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then soon after that, we are going to have the world famous Clydesdale Budweiser Clydesdales, who are going to make yeah. a march around the stadium, and they're cool. going to stop in front of Town Bank Tower 
and at the Smith Williams Courtyard to take pictures. Awesome. For anybody who wants to take pictures. Uh, we'll have uh, the, the parking lots will open at 7. The gates to the stadium will open at 10. Um, we'll, Kid Zone will be there again in the same spot at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, uh, the big news that uh, you know a lot of Pirate fans may enjoy from my history of being here is in the past we've always been able to – they've only been able to purchase one uh, beer or wine mm-hmm. when they're standing in line. But this year they're going to be allowed to have two Ooh. at the purchase area, yeah. which is very good. No, we'll I still think that's have great. our clear bag policy in effect that has been here for, gosh, how long has that been going on? Probably close to a decade now. Do you remember why that started? All I know is the NFL started doing it, and then colleges started uh, following suit. Yeah, a lot of people don't like it, but clearly it's never bothered you, right? Well, no, we. I, I don't have a bag that's clear. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't remember why. I was trying to remember that the other day, but the thing I was always told was that well, the NFL started it mm-hmm. at a certain point, and then when the NFL starts something, then Major League Baseball, sure. then the NBA, then NHL, and then. NCAA football and basketball, so that's kind of where. And now, you know, I understand, as I understand it, again, this is just from having a wife that likes handbags, mm-hmm. uh, you can buy fashionable kind of. Oh, is that know, right? You can buy some fashionable clear bags. Well, that, don't tell my wife if you don't mind. Yeah, I won't I won't say a word <laughs> to her about it, and uh, hopefully nobody listening. I don't need a Michael me. Kors handbag well, that's, that's clear. That's, that's, I just, as a anniversary gift, I just purchased a handbag of some kind. Mm-hmm. And it finally arrived, and it is—it's uh, expensive. I, well, yeah, I have to admit, I got my wife one for Christmas uh, last year. It's, yeah. uh, it's called a Ziploc. <laughs> Ziploc bag. She enjoys it. Ziploc. Uh, there, there, but there is a, somebody, an ingenious marketer uh, or, or corporate partner has oh, that's awesome. some of these clear bags, don't they? That, uh, that they uh, I think I've seen I, those. I know T.A. Loving uh, handed them out. Yeah, that's what Probably I'm thinking. Two or three years ago, when we first had the the tower up there, yeah. that was one of the things that they gave out then. Tower yeah. sold out, by the way. Yes, it is. I think. Uh, I, listen, as of this morning, I was told that we had sixteen hundred tickets left. Wow. So I would think it's a sellout by the time we get to Saturday. I certainly hope so. Wouldn't that be nice? It'd be great. It kind of is the. This has the old day feels about it. Doesn't yes, it? it does. It, it does. sure does. I mean, we've. Uh, our marketing guy was giving me a hard time the other day saying that, uh, that ever since he got here that all we do is have set records because he set one at uh, uh, soccer and right. four or five at baseball at the end of the year. Right, right. I, I actually give credit to that to the teams, not him. Well, <laughs> well, to be to be determined, I guess. Yes. I mean, if, if it's if it continues, though, it's a trend. That's a good point. You know, and it would be nice to set a record of five thousand and eighty three on Saturday. That would be the record. 5,082 is the current record. Okay. 50. No, 51,000. 51,082 okay. is the current record. 51,082. Yes. I, I think we got a pretty good shot to beat it. I hope so. I do. That'd be nice. Uh, I was going to ask you. Um, you can buy any tickets still right now at ECU Pirates. Right, yeah. And look, there's other games, as we mentioned. Plenty of other games. And I like those 6 o'clock September games. Those are mm-hmm. always kind of neat. We still do. You can still buy purchase season tickets also. You can? Yeah. There was, uh, we were up to 15,600. Uh, yesterday we okay. had a meeting yesterday and it was yeah which is a good number for us no that's a great number mm-hmm. that is a uh, compared to where it was mm-hmm. it's a tremendous number um, 
Anything else that the folks need to know about uh, before uh, everything gets uh, kicked off here this weekend? We're still doing ESPN Plus productions. Okay. Uh, hopefully that's uh, still going well for everyone. I don't know if I've told you this, um, but I, I have friends and colleagues in the same business that I'm in that do those for other institutions. And they rave about our production. Oh, that's awesome. They're like, it. you guys are in suits. You guys have replay. You guys have graphics. You guys. <laughs> and it's just stuff. I mean, I, look, I've, I've worked some pretty low-budge productions in my day. So mm-hmm. I, I never take any of it for granted. But, you know, you kind of, I just assume it's going to be done right. And we're going to do it right. And so it's. It, I just wanted to tell you, I don't know if I've ever told you that. No, I appreciate it. That is pretty. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It really you know, is. No, it is. It's a good deal of fun. And. Um, you know, it's just it, you guys make it easy to do those things. Well, I appreciate it. I so, let those guys know. Yeah, Will's great. Will's well, he's okay. Um, Will is actually filling in this week for uh, our marketing director left a couple weeks ago, right. and our new marketing director Justin Bayer is starting on Saturday. So his first event will be his first day. So good luck to that. Okay. And Will's filling in for the marketing. He is doing everything on the field. Uh, right? No, he's actually helping create the script. And the so he'll be sitting upstairs like in the... I think he's going to let Justin take it over okay. because Justin's actually seen a game before. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> Will uh, has two. Will has two, <laughs> but never from that side. But, uh, you know, him working on the script this long, he's actually going to understand the game flow a little bit better. Yeah. And he will be back down. So what is Will doing exactly? I'm trying to figure out what Will's right doing Right now exactly. he is creating the script and rundown for everything. Ah, okay. Uh, on Saturday... He will be back down in the what we refer to as the dungeon yeah. in the control room, right there at gate one. The gates will be open if anybody wants to walk by and see. You what guys we're can actually, actually doing. have the uh, windows open. We have them open six days, well, seven days a year now. <laughs> 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 Nobody wants to see you in there the rest of the year. Uh, no, nobody it's, cares. It. It's, it's, a, it's a motley situation in there. Yes, uh, it the is. The other uh, three hundred and fifty-eight yes. days. I told you, oddly enough, weird story the other night at uh, soccer. Uh, the chancellor was out in the parking lot. And I asked him if he wanted to ride, and he said, sure. And he said, where are you going? And I told him where I was heading. And he goes, I said, well, if you want to go over there, I can, I can show you real yeah. quick. And he walked in there, and he's like, man, you have it takes it takes this many people to do a soccer match? And I went, well, I said, we've got nine in here. We've got two over here in this room. We've actually yeah. got three out at soccer. So, you know, 15, 16, depending on the night. Yeah, wow. <laughs> he was blown away. He uh, he watches. Yes. He, he sent me a few messages during basketball that he had – you yeah. know, uh, watch the game and enjoy the production and all that. So, yeah, um, he's a fan. He's a fan, which is good. Yeah, you want your chancellor to, to enjoy. You, your it's sports. good to have a chancellor that yeah. likes athletics. It really is. <laughs> uh, and uh, not everybody. I did ask him for more money. Also, did you? <laughs> uh, not, not necessarily for me. Just the athletic department. Well, if he's listening, I do want more money. I don't know how. There you I, go. I want human monies, <laughs> and I want them. So just bring me bags of them. All right, uh, Greg Pierce, great to see you. Good seeing you. Looking forward to seeing you again on uh, Saturday. I'll see you Saturday. Thanks for uh, Greg Pierce being in with us, ECU uh, Associate Athletic Director, External Ops, and also to Doug Martin for being on with us today. Big thanks to uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington, also uh, Chris Cook and Dom and Ben Byram, of course. Stay tuned. Uh, We will have Rose Football for you coming up tonight. Our bridge show leading you into uh, Rose Football. Look at what's going on around high school football tonight. Games kicking off tonight. Uh, So fill up the ref Pilkington with that, and uh, he'll also have uh, some other football goodness for you to get you ready for uh, the Rampants as they take on Northeastern tonight. 
Uh, Croft Massey will have the call on that. We'll be back tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show to get you to the game weekend edition. Looking forward to that, as we'll be uh, welcoming Joe Giglio to the program and uh, also AEW superstar ahead of their pay-per-view this weekend. Uh, We'll have Daniel Garcia on. And then tomorrow at 6, right here on 94.3 The Game, it is the preseason pigskin preview for McLawhorn and Russell attorneys at law. Henry Hinton, Matt Dodge, and Tony Collins will get ready for... uh, Pirate football in the season ahead. 6 o'clock tomorrow night right here on 94.3 The Game. Catch you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your evening, everybody.